0: Hey everybody! Welcome to You Were Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo, Mary Gilfoyle. We are a couple of missionaries of Acts 29. This is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation of the church. Mary, we have a very special guest with us today, but we can't introduce him yet. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing very well. That was an interesting tea up, Father John. Well, I don't want I... you to give it away because I can't wait
1: for people to meet who we're going to introduce them to today.
0: Before we introduce our very special yes. guest, what's our, our topic?
1: Yeah, our topic today is the wrecking ball.
0: Ooh, I love this, the wrecking ball. All right, let's <laughs> pray, shall we? And then we will, we will pull back the curtain and let everybody know who's in the room with us. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Father, Amen. in these extraordinary days of Easter, we just want to continue to give you the praise and thanks that you are due. We love you. We adore you. We thank you for your Son for all that he's accomplished for us by his life, death, glorious resurrection and ascension into heaven where even now he's interceding for us and all our needs at your right hand. Lord, we pray for your Holy Spirit to bless and guide our conversation, that it would be a source of encouragement and inspiration to all who listen. Continue to draw us ever closer to your Son, who is the way, the truth, and the life. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Okay, Mary, pull back the veil. Who's in the room? Oh,
1: Father John, um, we're just so excited to introduce our friends who listen to our new friend, new brother in the Lord, Deacon Mark Moriarty, who's interning with us for a couple months and has come from across the sea, as he says, from County Kerry, Ireland. Deacon Mark, thanks so much for being with us.
2: Hey, Mary. Hey, Father John. How you doing, brother? Good. Great to be here. I feel very special to be sitting here this morning. So
0: we were somewhat tempted to just open up any book and have you start reading, right? Because
2: we just love listening to an Irish accent.
1: Oh gosh, it's just precious.
2: I heard I had a very similar accent to the Texans. (laughs) I'm I'm glad it's fitting in very well here in the States. (laughs) Just say y'all in Irish. Uh, (laughs) We're working on the Irish translation of that.
0: (laughs) It has been such a gift to have you with us. You came over uh, a little bit more than a month ago. And uh, are going to be with us till the early part of June, and then you're going to be t- let everybody know uh, what's the future for you, so that we can be praying for you. So you're going to be ordained to the yeah, priesthood. Yes, so I'm going to be
2: ordained to the priesthood on August 13th, please God, in St Mary's Cathedral in Killarney County Kerry. So really looking forward to the day, and what better preparation to be here, journeying and walking with Acts 29 these few months has been such a blessing. It's, it's been fantastic to have you with us. You, you
0: have kind of just immediately fit into our DNA, and uh, I just want, really want to encourage everybody to be praying for you, and to pray for the church in Ireland. It's been a, a gift for us just to, to spend time with you, just do life with you, pray with you, hear what's going on over there. So you'll be the first priest ordained for your diocese in how long? In five years. Five years. So there are, I, I keep repeating this everywhere we go, just to ask people to pray for vocations. We, we know here in the States that vocations are down, but there are how many seminarians in the country of Ireland right now? There
2: are 12 seminarians. For the country. For the country. Yeah, for the country. And the Diocese of Dublin has how many sem- seminarians? Moment, Dublin has no seminarians. Good gracious. So this
0: is the country that used to feed so many of our dioceses, Mary, with missionaries who came over. <laughs> and you know supported us here in the church oh gosh, and now absolutely. there's nobody there
1: amen i remember it well and i uh, just in our time with deacon mark i was reflecting on um some of my grade school teachers and principals they came from ireland yeah. and uh and so here we are and so one of the things that we would just invite uh, you our friends to do is um the need to pray pray for vocations mm. Yeah. Right. Pray for the people of Ireland. Pray for a revival of the faith in this place that gave birth to our beautiful St. Patrick. Ask his intercession.
0: Yep. And pray for this man who's with us guy. here today that he would Amen. be a new Patrick. May, uh, Amen. may our mighty brother uh, intercede for you even now in heaven and, and uh, ask the Lord to pour out graces, courage, wisdom, heroism, magnanimous spirit so as to, to share the gospel. And we know you're going to do that. We, I'm really excited to talk with you because you've exposed us to something that i've never seen before and we've done it so you've been on mission with us we were we were away last week um had a chance to be in a couple different locations and you twice showed us taught us a way of praying with the blessed sacrament which was just extraordinary and so this is really uh, meant to be uh, an opportunity to To share that with other people for priests to consider doing this like I I think I'm always gonna want to do this Uh, and then uh, an exhortation and encouragement for the for the lay faithful to both ask maybe their pastors to consider doing this but certainly to uh, just to to spend more time uh, in the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist so let me set this up if I can so the wrecking ball that's that's kind of one one of the things that I've always called Eucharistic exposition so you know, I'm 50, almost 58. I grew up in the 70s. Uh, at the time of the church, there was I, I was never exposed to Eucharistic exposition. I mean, that was, just wasn't a part of my life. The church wasn't doing it where I was. I don't think I ever saw the Eucharist exposed until I went to seminary. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't some, like, my love for um, doing Eucharistic exposition now was not some attempt to, like, hold on to my past, if that makes sense. It's really something that I got one to. And Mary, you and I were at a parish. We, you and Steve, your husband and I, we met each other in my first assignment. And that's where I really got one to the power of Jesus in the blessed sacrament. And you remember this, we used to do a, an evening mass in the parish and we would pray with people afterwards for hours. hours, I mean hours, right? And then I remember this went on for weeks and months and then one day I was praying, and I was reading a reflection, interestingly enough, from Sister breeze McKenna from Ireland. And I was uh, in, the ch- in the chapel early in the morning, and as I read the reflection, it was the Lord, he had woken up breeze she was giving a talk somewhere, I think in Australia, it doesn't matter where. And she went down to the chapel to pray, and the Lord said to her, breeze there's too much breeze They don't need breeze they need me, <laughs> get out of my way. And as soon as I read that, like, I, I felt convicted by that. Like, okay, we're going to stop praying with people. Not that that's a bad thing. It's a great thing. But I'm just going to put the Eucharist out. And so we, we told everybody on this Wednesday night, hey, we're not going to pray with people tonight. Instead, what we're going to do is I'm just going to expose the Eucharist. And I'm going to put a couple of kneelers in the sanctuary. And if you feel led to come up to pray in front of the Blessed Sacrament to get closer, feel free to do that. Great. So Mass ends. I... You know, exposed to the Blessed Sacrament, I have my head down and I hear a lot of noise and I'm thinking it's just people leaving the church because it was kind of a winter evening, mm-hmm. I think, and so I figured people were putting their coats on. Instead, by the time I, I lift my head, there are 30, 40 people mm-hmm. in the sanctuary. the sanctuary. The noise was people had rushed to the sanctuary just to get close to Jesus and I'm just sitting there. I'm a brand new priest. I've been ordained like six months and I thought oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then I I went around, you know, just to put myself in a place where I could pray. And I'm looking at the monstrance and I'm looking at all these people in the sanctuary. And I don't know how to describe this. I don't know if it was a vision or something I saw in my mind or whatnot, but I saw Jesus standing on the altar. And then he kind of turned towards me and he just bowed. And had this huge smile on his face and then he looked at me and he says don't you see how easy this is John you you just need to put me out and I'll do all the work and from that moment you know 27 years ago now almost everywhere I've gone I've just realized like the the key to like to that's why it's the wrecking ball the key to to making it possible for the Spirit to move in power is to start Eucharistic exposition in a church and invite people to come yeah. to it.
1: And it breaks hearts. I think that the wrecking ball is, I, I think, Father John, is Is that wrecking ball comes out our hearts. It breaks open our hearts. And we have access yeah. You know to Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament. And I remember what you're describing here like it was yesterday. Yeah. And it's, it's a glorious witness, it, it, it's it's the power of the Eucharist, and um, it's a, like, like we strive so hard, we think it's all up to us, but we, when we expose the Blessed Sacrament, it's as if there's a magnet yep. on the altar, and people just come, and we get to witness what God does in the hearts of his people.
0: Yeah, that's right, and you know, we, we, every place we would go, you know, like we would do youth retreats, and I would just set up the Blessed Sacrament for the whole weekend, and invite people to be around, we would go on RCIA, and... We'd have the Eucharist exposed all night, and people's lives were changed. I mean, this is, like, we just have to trust, like, God really works here, right?
1: And everywhere you went, Father John, too, in Deacon Mark, wherever Father John was assigned as a pastor, if they didn't have Eucharistic adoration or if they didn't have a, a Eucharistic chapel, he built one. And it was transformative. This is where we saw vocations yeah. being born. This is where we saw families getting strengthened. This is where we saw massive healings yeah. in
2: parishes. I, th- I think that's just so beautiful and so powerful because like, we really need to start believing what we say as a church. As a church, if we say the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith, we need to show that through our faith in the Eucharist. Yeah. And what mm, more powerful way than actually coming before Jesus coming before his Eucharistic heart and face, and just wasting time with him. So tell us, share with everybody what you've shared with us, which we've
0: done now a couple of times in this last week, which I just think brings the power of Eucharistic exposition to, like, another level. So can you tell us what
2: you did, and then how you first saw that? Yeah, I'd love to. It really, this has transformed the way I've seen... Eucharistic adoration and exposition. It just really brings people to a new level and a new intimacy with the Lord and the Eucharist. I've seen it a few years ago with um, the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. The Franciscan Friars, we have Friars of the Renewal in Limerick in Ireland. And I'd go to them quite regularly to a prayer meeting every two weeks. And a huge part of their prayer meetings would always be exposition to Blessed Sacrament just spending time with Jesus, praise and worship music, just young people, 60, 70 young people, loving Jesus and the Blessed mm. Sacrament. Mm. And it really opened my heart to having a profound love for Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament. But one thing that they started doing which really touched my heart was whatever priest was on that night, he would take off the priest's stole that he was wearing and he would put it around the monstrance. So he would take off his own stole, representing his own priesthood, and put it on to Jesus, the high priest, and just drape the stole around the monstrance. And then he invited people throughout the night, their own time, to come up and just spend them few moments one-on-one with Jesus. One-on-one, just like the woman with the hemorrhage in the Gospels. To have that faith, just to touch the hem of his garment. And it just changed everything for me. So you described this, and I thought, wow, that sounds
0: that sounds pretty cool. And then you did it this past week. We did it a couple of nights, actually. And then we did it again on Sunday when we were out in Seattle in a procession. And I, I, I wasn't sure how this was going to work. In fact, one of the guys who was overseeing the retreat we were on last week, he heard you describe it, too. And he says, I'm not really sure how this is going to work with this crowd. Mm-hmm everybody went up yeah. right you know, like everybody went up it and, was, it, and they got on their knees and then they grabbed the mm-hmm. stole it was so incredible it was reminiscent
1: of the story father john that you shared earlier on at your first parish people rushed yeah. to come and i'm sitting off to the side and i'm witnessing this this you know just what you just described there is the priest stole And people are kissing the stole, they're kneeling, they're holding the stole, and they're holding it close to various parts. We talked about this, various parts of their bodies, perhaps where they needed healing, Mm -hmm. some to their hearts, some to their heads, Mm -hmm. some in tears. It was such a glorious witness, and I'm watching, and I'm praying, and I was weeping. I've never seen anything more profound, and even as we're having this conversation, I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit yeah. upon me because this was an incredible witness, and all it took was for the first person to come, and then they came one by one. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful testimony of the power of Jesus. Yeah, when,
0: when you did it, it I mean, I was—I I started to cry. I mean, like you—you you, you placed the stole around the monstrance, and it was as if you could see Jesus, the high priest, on, the, on altar. the altar with a stole around his neck. I mean, it was so overwhelming, was right? And so I just want to thank you for, for sharing that with us and for the opportunity for us to share it with others right now because I'm not sure how many of my brother priests that, that I know uh, have ever seen that. But gosh, brothers, I just want to encourage you to... One, I guess, if if, you're, if we're not doing exposition in our churches, to start doing it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Fulton Sheen always used to say, just like you, you know, you sit outside in the sun, and without noticing it, your, your skin changes colors, you know, it gets tan. So if you sit in the presence of the sun, S O N, uh, your 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 spirit begins to change, right? Mm-hmm. Because the, the, there's just something about wasting time with God in prayer, and you can pray anywhere, to be sure. But there's something really unique about praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament. So guys, if we're not doing that, let's let's try to do that more often and just really try to drum up interest in it. And then maybe to consider doing this, you know, maybe once a week or something like that. Maybe it's more often placing that stole around the, the monstrance and encouraging people to come up, right, to get intimate with the Lord, to get familiar. I know there's concerns, we gotta be careful with that because we, we wanna make sure we can protect the Blessed Sacrament. But if you've got people there, you don't have to worry about that, so maybe you do it at an evening service, whatever it might be, but this is so powerful, and mm-hmm. and maybe an, an encouragement to, to the lay faithful just in general, if, if Eucharistic exposition is not a regular part of your routine, to start considering it to be part of your routine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I live, I talk to you and Albert and the team all the time, I live in a church, I don't live in the church, but I live in a parish next to a church, and I try to do my holy hour there every morning in front of the Blessed Sacrament or in our chapel at our offices. And sometimes I get lazy. You know, like every once in a while, like I just want to sit in my room and pray. I'm like, Lord, you're You're like right, you're 20 yards away from me, so like this is close, right? And every time that I'm tempted to do that, I hear the Lord say to me, I'm right here. Would you just come over into the chapel and, and be with me, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's, there really is something different mm-hmm. about praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament, right?
2: Yeah, and you, all it is is providing that moment of encounter, yeah. that moment of actually meeting Jesus face-to-face and just wasting time. As you say, I, I love that phrase, just wasting time. If you have a friend, what do you want to do? Just be in his company, right. be in her company. You know, if you love someone, all you want to do is spend time with them. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. And I oftentimes praying into this when I'm in front of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament and the st- stole is around him, I often place myself into the scene of the woman with the hemorrhage. Hmm. Not her, being her, but being a bystander. What was it like that day to be in the exact same place and to see this woman... Where Jesus was surrounded by so many people trying to get near him, but yet she'd the courage and the strength and the belief to dive onto the ground, yeah <laughs> just to touch the hem of his garment, yeah she didn't care if she was going to get hurt, she didn't care what was going to happen next. She sprung to the ground in that belief, and oftentimes I just place myself in that scene if I was sitting along the side of the road. What would have been like to see that? Mm. It's the exact same with the Blessed sacrament. Mm. I love that. Now, it don't is... get me wrong. Don't spring onto the Blessed sacrament, <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> But spring to the ground. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A friend of mine always says, you know, transformation, healing, renewal in the church won't come through think shops or through workshops. It's going to come with us on our face in front of Jesus in the Blessed mm. we, we We were with uh, some friends of
0: ours not too long ago, and they were just saying, like, one of the keys for, for their life they're in the military is we do the basics brilliantly mm-hmm. you know and this is, this is about as basic as you can get in the life of the church in the life of the disciple make sure that we're spending time as often as we can in front of Jesus in the blessed sacrament and here's the, here's the kicker God likes to waste time with us
1: which is just mind blowing You know, I I have a couple thoughts just as I'm listening to y'all speak. And I think it was an Irish monk who said that, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Father John, I think he said, time is the currency Mm. of friendship. Mm. Time is his gift to us. And as we sit there in this silence, this is my second point, because one of the retreats that we um, were a part of uh, over the last couple of weeks was a silent retreat And what we know, especially in our culture, is that noise Hmm. is the enemy of prayer. And God wants to restore us in the silence. He wants to restore us in his presence. And if you start to create a habit of that kind of prayer before the blessed sacrament, to your point exactly, Deacon Mark, this is where we're going to see revitalization, transformation, revival, healing, wholeness. And uh, again, like you said, this is our faith, this is what we have, this rich treasury, the deposit of the faith, Jesus present.
0: Yep, I, I, I know many of us uh, Many of us are in the habit of going to chapel and praying every day in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Maybe for some of us, we're not. Maybe for some of us who are priests, uh, this seems like too much work to do to, to start uh, having Eucharistic exposition, but this is the line that's coming to mind. It's in Malachi, uh, where the Lord's talking, and he's talking about finances at the time but I would suggest it, it's very appropriate here. It's, it's kind of a dare from God to us. Mm-hmm. He says, try me in this, mm-hmm. like test me, mm-hmm. you know? And the encouragement would be maybe for the next month, if, if, uh, if praying in front of the blessed sacrament isn't a regular part of your routine, try it every day or try it a couple times a week and see what mm-hmm. difference it makes in your life. And, and brothers, if we're ordained and this isn't something that we're able to do yet or we haven't done yet, try it and just see what God does as a result of this and and let us know in a month like no that was just absolutely not worth it putting the king of the universe out in in front of people so that they could come and adore him Um, I I know this works because Jesus wants to be with us and he wants to bring transformation
2: so many people keep saying we want to see miracles trust me sit in front of Jesus in the Blessed sacrament you will see miracles
0: amen amen this is great so we're going to have uh, Deacon Mark Pick up all of our books. And we're just going to do a Books on Tape with Deacon Mark <laughs> so you can keep hearing his voice because we just, we just ask him to read stories to us. So uh, it's a, we're going to look forward to doing a few more episodes with you in the yeah. days ahead. But please pray for our brother. Pray for Absolutely. the church in Ireland. Um, pray for, especially as we get ever closer now to Pentecost, for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon all of us, uh, all the faithful, the whole body of Christ, that we might be catapulted out into the world, uh, eager to share the joy of the gospel with those who have not yet met Jesus or who have walked away thinking that they did know him, right? Amen, amen. Great to be with everybody. In the meantime, do not be afraid. God is with you, and you were born for this.